Building Faith podcast by Chris Reese Ministries is a podcast to bring you biblical solutions to life's tough challenges. For more tools, tips, and teachings, check out our community by going to chrisreese.com. That's K-R-I-S-R-E-E-C-E.com. You're so sensitive. I never said that. You're the one with the problem. Why do you make everything such a big deal? Maybe you struggle with forgiveness. That's nothing. You shouldn't feel that way. Oh, come on. I'm sure she loves you. If you've ever had those words spoken to you, you'll likely have been gaslit. Well, hey, my friend, welcome back to another edition of the Building Faith Podcast, where it is my hope to bring you biblical solutions to life's tough challenges. So, hey, if you are not yet subscribed, why don't you go ahead and hit that subscribe and notification button so you don't miss a thing. Gaslighting is the withholding of information or pretending they don't understand what you're talking about in an attempt to get you to question your reality and your good judgment. Gaslighters project their issues onto you to divert attention away from their dysfunction or wrongdoing. And they will even go so far as to deny something has taken place even in the face of concrete evidence. But gaslighting doesn't always end there. It typically branches from and leads to other toxic behavior. Never have I seen gaslighting as just a standalone. It's commonly connected to things like infidelity, narcissism, stealing, gossiping, and smear campaigns, just to name a few. Gaslighting is a self-preservation tool, and it doesn't care who it harms. It is the evil attempt to distort a person's reality through lies and manipulation. And while the term gaslighting doesn't appear in the Bible, the word that mirrors it certainly does, manipulation. That's because gaslighting is manipulation, and the Bible clearly has a lot to say about manipulation. From watching out for false teachers and avoiding evildoers, God does not tolerate a lying tongue. At its core, manipulation is a form of lying. When someone speaks falsely with the purpose of deception, they're being manipulative. Satan himself, master manipulator. And there are several examples of emotional abuse in scripture, from Abigail at the hand of her fool of a husband in 1 Samuel 25, to Samson at the hand of the alluring Delilah, just to name a few. And the actions of any kind of an abuser is sinful in the eyes of God. So let's look to scripture to shine some light on what a healthy relationship should look like in comparison and in doing so provide biblical proof that gaslighting is emotional abuse. The famous love passage in 1 Corinthians 13 makes it clear that emotional abuse is wrong. The Apostle Paul describes the actions of real love. First, he says love is patient and kind. Gaslighting is neither patient nor kind, but instead it is quick to flare up and deflect. Love keeps no record of wrongs, verse 5, but gaslighting is all about pointing out how another person has wronged you and how the person is wrong. Love is not rude or selfish or prideful or irritable or resentful. At the core of all emotional abuse, including gaslighting, is self-preservation. It goes on to say, love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Verse 7, emotional abusers only look to preserve themselves. 
as you can see, if you're the type that exhibits all of these qualities laid out in 1 Corinthians 13, if you're not aware of these wolves in sheep's clothing, you can actually become an easy target for their emotional abuse. Now, please don't hear what I'm not saying. I am not saying that you should become hard-hearted and that you should have up these walls that keep love out, especially even within yourself. But my friend, we want to be able to recognize these wolves in sheep's clothing. So does love require you to bear with these emotional abusers? I personally don't believe so. And to continue to endure under such toxic behavior actually gives permission and acceptance to the abuser that their behavior is tolerated. And God finds that behavior despicable. And so should we. And you might be thinking, oh, but yeah, they could change because of my love. And to that I say, yes, they can change. But enabling the current circumstances all in the name of love is not going to bring about change. Rather, likely some further abuse. And in addition, there may be some degrees of codependency going on within you that needs to be addressed. And if you feel it is your responsibility to bear with this person or even try to reform them, I want to encourage you to please check out my online course called Conquering Codependency Biblically. I'll go ahead and include a link in the description section. So what do you do? If this is any other relationship other than a marital covenant, it may help to glean from 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving God, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. So is emotional abuse a biblical release from marriage? Yes and no. Look, scripture is clear that the only biblical release from a marriage is infidelity or death. Don't get any ideas. And while you should get to safety in the cases of physical abuse, the term emotional abuse is sadly abused. If my husband says something that I don't like, I can claim he's abusive. If he says it in a way that hurts me, I can label him abusive. If I get triggered easily from past trauma, I can now accuse him of abuse. Do you see where this area starts to get a little gray? And sometimes it is emotional abuse. Other times it's an excuse to check out of the marriage. However, if you are in a relationship with an emotional abuser that you've tried to resolve issues with biblically, what do you do? Well, for starters, please know that God sees you and he is with you. As for whether you stay in the marriage, well, each situation is going to be different. Some situations can improve with some good counseling and better communication. Others are too far gone and need remediation. But in either situation, you need Jesus. And it's likely that you are at the end of your rope and probably ready for a divorce. But before you pull that trigger, perhaps consider getting a little bit of distance from your emotional abuser. Maybe a separation might be the only next steps to protect yourself while you're still looking to reconcile the relationship under healthy boundaries and godly values. 
And if you need a counselor, I want to encourage you to check out our sponsor, Faithful Counseling. I will go ahead and include a link in the description. My friend, they can pair you with a counselor that is right for you. You can't make the abuser change, but you can refuse to accept further abuse. In the meantime, I want to encourage you to learn how to set strong biblical boundaries. To do that, I have an episode 221 that I want you to jump on over as soon as we're done here today. It is going to teach you how to set boundaries like a boss. And if you are struggling with toxic people, I want to invite you to grab a copy of our free Toxic People Survival Guide. I will go ahead and include a link in the show notes, or you can jump on over to Chris Reese and grab that valuable free resource today. Thank you for listening to the Building Faith Podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more resources mentioned in this podcast, go to chrisreese.com. While you're there, help us keep the Building Faith Podcast on the air by becoming a monthly supporter or by making a one-time donation. Well, my friend, until next time, remember, all things are possible with God.